So how much was the sign-on bonus? I think that one was... You were in Mississippi as a new grad. Do you remember how much you were making? Yeah, it was terrible. I think <laughs> it was like 23 an hour. It actually pays, I would say, more than the hospital between two and dollars an hour. I think anywhere you work, you can have difficult clients. You know, you can interact with rude people or it's a really, it's a hit to your ego when you can't get an IV. <laughs> what is up guys, Jason here. Welcome back to the channel and our series, Nurses to Riches, The Road to Fire. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with a nurse who left her bedside job as an ICU nurse to go into travel nursing. She helps other nurses on social media leave the bedside and get into high paying travel nursing gigs. She also works at an IV therapy spa where she manages other nurses who start IVs, draw labs, and provide IV therapy to their customers. If you've ever been in a position where you've been interested in travel nursing or the IV therapy business, you're going to want to watch this episode. So with that said, Shusha, tell us a little bit about your background and why you decided to become a nurse. So when I was younger, I actually had no idea what I wanted to do. And I took a very long route to get to where I am today just because I liked everything growing up. I used to do dance. I thought that I wanted to be a lawyer. I thought I was going to do be an engineer. So I actually uh, grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was actually adopted from China and my mom went to China to get me and then she raised me in New Mexico. But I graduated from the university there with a degree in chemistry and psychology, basically just because I had a bunch of chemistry credits left over from my engineering degree, but I didn't want to complete the program. So I figured I would just do something so that I could graduate. But once I was finished school, I didn't think that those career fields were the best for me. And I knew that I wanted to help people and I wanted to make a difference. And I never thought that being a doctor is the life that I wanted to live. So my mom's actually a retired chemotherapy nurse. So I kind of followed in her footsteps, even though I didn't want to. I went to an accelerated one year nursing program in Mississippi. And that's kind of what launched my career today. And how long ago did you become a nurse? I've been a nurse since 2018. Wow, so that's recent. Yeah. Okay, where did you first work? What was your first job? Yeah, so my first job was in Mississippi right after I graduated. Okay. I applied to a hospital called St. Dominic's and I got hired right away in the ICU. So they had a new residency program for new grads. And that's what I did right after graduating because I knew I wanted to do the ICU and I also knew I wanted to travel nurse eventually. Do you remember how long your residency program lasted? Because typically it's three to six months, but it varies between facilities. So how long was it for you? Yeah, so technically my whole orientation period was three months, but the residency program was actually a full year. So that basically just meant extra training education uh, on your off days and having a mentor. That's pretty cool. One year is a pretty long time because my hospital just started a residency program. We never used to accept new grads into the emergency department, but yeah. they realized that after COVID that needed to change because we are struggling for nurses. It seems like, and most hospitals are. So the fact that they're allowing more new grads to come into specialized units like the ICU and the ED, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a big misconception that nurses have to start in med surge or something similar, and a lot of nurses don't really enjoy that. So I think it's awesome that we can try things like ICU and ER. So you were in Mississippi as a new grad. Do you remember how much you were making? Yeah, it was terrible. I think shift <laughs> was like 23 an hour and then 27. <laughs> I was making 
seven. I started on night shift for uh, two years, actually. And then when I started traveling is when I finally made the switch to day shift. So you were making $27 an hour as a night shift nurse? Yeah, it was terrible. Well, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and you were living in Mississippi at the time? Yes. And price of living there is very affordable. Thank goodness. I yeah. think I was only like $600 in rent. But I mean, there is no other way that I, I would have been able to serve. <laughs> yeah. So at what point did you decide to leave that department or that hospital altogether? I had actually talked to friends about travel nursing. So I knew that if I started in the ICU, learned as much as I could, as soon as I hit my one year mark, that's when I wanted to start traveling. So it was a little different for me. I actually wanted to move to Dallas mm -hmm. and wanted to be in a bigger city that had more opportunity. So I actually took a, another staff job in Dallas in the ICU and they paid a lot more. They had a sign on bonus, but then COVID happened and that's mm -hmm. when everyone honestly started quitting and, and went to travel nursing. Wow. So how much was the sign on bonus? I think that one was 10K and I always tell new grads to hospitals that offer sign on bonuses because it usually comes with a contract that you have to work there for a certain amount of time. But honestly, during they waived a lot of that <laughs> so mm. i didn't have to pay it back but, yeah. <laughs> and how much were you earning per hour i think in dallas that was around 40 40 an hour that's actually pretty decent if you think about it i mean compared to what you were making before you were making 27 dollars an hour <laughs> gave you that sign-on bonus yeah, <laughs> yeah. It actually helped but i think night shift was around 40 40 an hour oh i see so you worked icu in mississippi then you worked icu in dallas how long did you work in dallas for that was only six months. And then that's when everyone started quitting. <laughs> <laughs> because of COVID? Or, yeah. Yeah. oh. People started going to New York and they were making about 10K a week, working six to seven days a week. Wow. So that was very tempting for a lot of people. Yeah, I just spoke with a nurse recently. She actually owns a med spa coaching business. And she said okay. that she was making like $10,000 a week also during COVID. When she quit her job at UCLA, she was making like $90 an hour. and wow. uh, But now she's making like $50,000 a month in profit <laughs> from her coaching business. Good for her. That's amazing. I know, right? Yeah. So I actually, I do know plenty of nurses who left the bedside to go travel during COVID. And one of them in particular, I think he moved here from Venezuela with his family. And then he ended up having a daughter here with his wife. And he was working at one of our hospitals and he ended up leaving the hospital. He was earning a really good wage. I mean, he was probably earning maybe two hundred and fifty to $300,000 a year. But he left that to go travel during COVID. And now he's living in Spain. I know nursing is it can burn people out, but there's just so many opportunities in the field that if you're burned out in one area, you can always leave it to go somewhere else. Right. And that's the great thing about nursing is just has yeah. so much flexibility. So yeah. I, that's awesome. So how did you get into travel? So I was working in Dallas and, you know, that's when COVID happened. A lot of my coworkers were leaving bedside to go to travel nursing. And I was familiar with what travel nursing was. I was familiar with the process. So honestly, I didn't even give my job very much notice. I was, I was honest with my manager and I told her I don't think I could pass up an opportunity like this. Uh, so I probably gave her maybe a week, maybe two weeks notice. Um, yeah. But the thing was, she quit too. So, <laughs> I didn't really she must have been like, girl, I understand. Yeah, like, I'm going with you. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? 
yeah. I, I, uh, I had my mindset that I wanted to do travel nursing. I had started talking to travel agencies and recruiters. And I think my first contract was with ProLink Staffing. And it was actually in Houston, Texas. That was my very first contract that I took. And what made you choose one staffing agency over another? That's a great question. I think it has to do a lot with one, which one's paying the most, but also where you want to go, just because travel nursing is very flexible. I think a lot of people think of it like the military, like they just tell you like where to go and you have no say, but you kind of just choose where you want to go. And that actually determines which agency you can work with. I see. And how do you find these agencies? Well, the first thing I recommend to people is just a Google search, and that's because the ones that pop up are going to be the ones that honestly are the most popular, which also means they have the most funding, and they're also very reliable and organized. So things like AYA, ProLink, those ones are very well known. A crucial Staffing was a big one at the time of COVID because they're specifically an emergency response company. So if they need nurses short notice, they pay a ridiculous amount of money. And they're usually the ones that were paying like 10K a week. So that's what all my coworkers were talking about at the time uh, when I decided to do travel nursing. Now, how many hours a week were you working in order to earn that much? So if you wanted to be making 10K a week, you would be working six to seven days in a row. But the good news is that you usually take like a four to eight week contract. So it's really not that long. And you can make a lot of money in a very short amount of time. And do you remember how much you earned in that contract, that first contract? First contract, I was probably making about 8K a month, and that was about a three-month contract. So maybe 24K before taxes. Now, did you have student loan debt at the time? Yes, and I've paid all my debt off. But thank goodness, I didn't have very much. I Mm -hmm. think when I graduated, I only was in like 30K of debt. And yeah, that's been taken. Yeah. You know, what I see now, especially with nurses in California, because that's where I'm located, is that they end up leaving school with like 100,000 plus of student loan debt. And I remember when I went to school, but this was like 10 years ago, I only had, well, I say only, but it was $40,000. However, that was my wife also had $40,000 of student loan debt. And our goal when we graduated school was like, oh, we're going to pay this off in two years. But then life gets in the way. You want to travel. You're like, I went to school four years. I just want to have fun now. And it took us like 10 years to pay all of that off. Right. Yeah. No, it takes a while. It's hard. It really is. So, okay. So you took this first contract. What was your goal with travel nursing? What was the plan? Because you left your job as a staff nurse to become a travel nurse, but did you want to travel for the rest of your life or was there an end goal to it? I definitely did not want to travel the rest of my life, but I want travel at the time. So I I was ready for it. Uh, That's the lifestyle I wanted. And I really wanted the money. I mean, that's, that's kind of what enticed me. And honestly, it's been amazing. All the experiences have been amazing. So where are you working now? So right now, I'm actually a manager at an IV therapy spa, which is not something I ever thought that I (laughs) would be doing. Like it's so random. But I got pretty burnt out from working in the ICU during COVID. And my last contract was last year in Atlanta for about six months, made a lot of money. Uh, But after that, I came back to Houston with the goal, uh, because I live in Houston, but I came back uh, with the goal that I really wanted to buy a house because I was tired of paying rent. 
but also, you know, when you're travel nursing, you're basically paying for two places. You're paying yes. for primary residency and then wherever you're staying. And granted, like every contract I've taken has been enough to cover both. But in my mind, it just didn't make sense for the long run. Like, why am I renting an apartment when I'm not even there and I wasn't renting it out? So I wanted to buy a house. So I ended up applying to an IV therapy spa um, different from the one that I work at now. And then I recently just took this job. It's called Thrive. And they just promoted me to the manager. And now I'm doing more like managing and sales, but still with the nursing aspect. So it's been pretty great so far. And why did you decide to do IV therapy out of all things? Did you even have any interest in it before this? I didn't know much about it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know if it was legit. Like I thought people were getting things that they really didn't need that they could just get at home. But I, I've learned a lot more about it. And I think for me, I just needed something that was more stable where I could connect to people and they weren't necessarily sick all the time. Like these are clients that want to be there. They want to be healthy and really started to enjoy it as a nurse, just being able to have these conversations with people that I didn't get to have in the ICU. So what factors do you think contributed the most to you feeling burned out as a bedside nurse? I think it's two parts because I think being a nurse is already hard and then being a travel nurse is also, it comes with its challenges. So just being an ICU nurse alone, honestly, (laughs) I never saw myself staying in the ICU. It's very high stress. It's not something that's, I wake up every morning thinking like, oh, I'm so happy to go to work. And I'll (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. politics just you, yes. know, you know underpaying staff nurses it's just a whole system that is like messed up yeah that's <laughs> i i get it and, but but you think covid might have accelerated your desire to leave the bedside would you think that had a contrib like a larger contributing factor to it yeah i definitely think covid played a huge role in myself and also a bunch of other nurses getting burnt out just by the terrible things that were seen, uh, you see a lot of sad things, especially when the family members weren't able to be there and uh, they weren't allowing visitors. It was just very sad. So that was hard. And then travel nursing itself comes with challenges, such as uh, it can be very lonely. You know, it's hard to make friends, it's hard to date, it's really hard to feel like you have roots anywhere. And I got really tired of having to pack all my things up and become familiar with a different city, become familiar with a different hospital and policies. So that was also difficult with nursing, travel nursing. Did you ever consider doing local travel nursing? I did. I actually took a couple local contracts. I will say it's very dependent on where your city is because Houston, I always joke, but like nurses actually like working here. So there's local contracts available, but I have taken a couple that were, they were good, but again, I think I just wanted some stability after two years of traveling. I see. So how many hours a week are you working now? Yeah, so now I work about 40, 40 hours. I do four days a week, 10-hour shifts. Wow. Yeah. Uh, do you enjoy working 40 hours? I mean, <laughs> going from, <laughs> you used to work 36 hours a week, yeah. I'm guessing, right? Before. Yeah. So you I, actually increased your hours. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely miss the four days off, but Mm. I don't miss needing like two days to recover. (laughs) That's true. 
I feel like the four tens are are perfect shifts for me just because, you know, I don't feel completely burnt out when I'm off of work and I feel like I can still do stuff once I'm off. So yeah, it's been good. So are you off on the weekends and the holidays? Most holidays, yes. Uh, every other weekend I have to work, but it's it's pretty flexible. And then if I had to do like five days for eight hour shifts, I don't think I could do that. But <laughs> So you report to someone above you. What is their title? Yeah. So really the specific location that I work at, they have owners, so they're a franchise. So I really report to them. And then we also have the corporate side of things that kind of overlooks us. But I'm pretty independent managing the store and employees, and that includes nurses and spa consultants. So it's it's very different than what I thought I would be doing as a nurse. Uh -huh. yeah. So would you ever consider opening up your own IV therapy location? I've definitely thought about it. I will say that my that these last two jobs I've had has given me a lot of insight into what it takes to run a business like that and what works and what doesn't work. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money, especially. So I don't know. It's something I've thought about, but I don't know if I would ever do that. The reason I ask is because I'm thinking, you know, because you no longer do travel nursing, right? But if you're doing IV therapy, I know that's something that a lot of nurses are interested in doing. So you could have a course on how to start your own IV therapy location, right? That's, that's an amazing idea. Yeah. I think um, I'm actually working on a course right now and it's mm -hmm. about to launch a month from now, mm -hmm. but it's actually teaching travel nurses step-by-step -step how to become a travel nurse. Just mm -hmm. because I get a lot of the same questions. So I figured yeah. I'm gonna have one place that everyone can go to and I'm hoping that'll serve as a resource for other nurses. Yeah, so I saw your waiting list. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I need to come up with something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I was reading your website and I'm like, wow, this sounds like me right now. Like every except for the travel part, right? Nurses are always asking me how they can earn more money, right? Okay. But if I could just have one resource they can go to and it has all of the information for them, I think it would solve a lot of my problems because I wouldn't have to make a new video every time somebody asks me the same question. Yeah, <laughs> you know, gave you a lot of time and energy, but I'll see some money doing it so That's i mean true. to do it yeah. so besides this IB therapy job that you have do you have any side hustles you said you're working on this course where mm -hmm. what stage are you in with that and aside from that do you have any other side hustles yeah so the course is almost finished i'm basically using i don't know if you're familiar with kajabi but it's basically oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a site where you can literally just make your own course. So I'm almost done with that. I have to record some videos, but it's really cool because I've partnered with a lot of other brands that would go well into just serving re as resources for travel nurses. So I have someone speaking about health insurance. I have a company that serves as a marketplace for nurses. And then I'm going to also have a financial advisor just because, you know, travel nurses, like we make a lot of money, but we don't necessarily know how to manage our money. Yeah. So that's uh, all that's going to be wrapped into my course. Uh, wow. So that's hustle. And then I actually have been making yeah. a good amount of money on Instagram and social media. I started my TikTok about three years ago when I went through a really bad breakup and then it kind of just exploded after that. So yeah, I saw you have what over a million likes on TikTok at the moment. <laughs> You just never know with social media, like what people are going to like. <laughs> so how are you monetizing those platforms? 
Yeah. So mostly, especially through um, Instagram, I'm doing a lot of collaborations and paid partnerships. And that's really what I've been focusing on, as well as attending different events and networking. And that's really what I enjoy to do on social media. You know, going back to your course, if I were interested in travel nursing, I would totally buy that course because you said you're going to have a financial advisor in there. You're going to have somebody talking about insurance. That really does answer a lot of the questions that nurses that want to get into travel nursing have. Yeah, and that's really what I'm hoping to do is just it's questions that travel nurses don't think of until they need it right away. And then you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do? So it's just good to be prepared. So how did you reach out to these people that specialize in like health insurance and financial advisors? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like it's been a network through my social media and just growing those connections because a lot of us would just interact with each other. We would support each other. I actually have partnered with Parita. She's the health insurance agent mm -hmm. in the past just for referrals, but then we decided to collaborate and it kind of just made sense naturally as time has gone on for us to, you know, mutually benefit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And do you have any kids? No, no kids. I'm yeah. also single, so it's kind of it kind of makes things easier. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. <laughs> Listen, yesterday I had a podcast interview like this. And as I'm starting the interview, I hear my son crying off in the background. <laughs> right. and, but the thing is, I had to pick him up from his uh, preschool because he was sick. So I had scheduled all of these podcast interviews thinking he would be in school. Nope, okay. he's at home right now. Even like my wife, she just worked a 16-hour shift. And she's watching him right now. Yeah, it's like, you never know. Keeps you on your toes. <laughs> and you know, and I also had a discussion with one of my previous guests, decided to quit her job at UCLA when she really had nothing. Well, she had the med spa business, but it was only making like $36,000 a year at the time. And she quit her job without knowing how much money she would have by the end of that year and if it would be able to replace her income from UCLA. Right. But when she quit that job, she said that her income 10x because she dedicated all of her time to her business. That's amazing. And yeah, that's something that I just keep contemplating. And I think probably by like early next year, I'm going to make the decision to, you know, at that point, maybe I'll make the decision to like leave my job or go on a one year leave and see how that works out. Because I feel like if I dedicate more of my time towards this and growing a brand and growing a business, I probably won't have to work as a nurse anymore because that's my ultimate goal. I just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I think you that's know. our goals. I, really, I mean, yeah. it's bad, but I really think like nursing is a means to an end and it opens <laughs> a lot of doors, but like one wants to do that forever. So it's very taking a chance. <laughs> I think it's pretty sad, though, because I don't think it used to be like this, but it's just gotten to the point where it feels like even nurses, I've spoken to nurses that have been one year into it and they're already burned out. Yeah, it's sad. And, you know, I never want to deter new grads or anyone wanting to go into nursing, but I also want to be honest and just, you know, what comes with it in healthcare. And it's hard to say because I don't know if, you know, nurses before us, they just decided to put up with certain things and you know not say anything or if it's just gotten worse over time. No, no, I think for the most part it is it has gotten worse because if you speak to more seasoned nurses they'll tell you, you know our census used to be so much lower back in the days and we could have conversations at the nurses station and we can just go out and hang out together. I mean, that's a very common theme that I've heard from nurses that have been in the field for like 20, 30 years. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and then nowadays you go to work and it seems like you hit the ground running from the moment you get through the door to the moment you leave. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. It all, you know, comes down to money and resources and where they want to allocate that money. And it's usually not with adequate staffing, so. (laughs) So do you invest or save any of your money? I do, yeah. I've gotten into investing a little bit. I'm still learning because I'm kind of a chicken when it comes to, like, my money but yeah i've i've uh, looked into robin hood and and apps like that and i've kind of like done a little bit at a time do you have any debt at the moment currently i just got my house so i do have debt with my mortgage but also just trying to like pay for furniture and i actually do plan on also airbnb being um my house eventually so trying to set that up as well oh, so you're gonna house hack it <laughs> i think so yeah <laughs> You know, that's that's pretty smart. I wish I could do that, but it's just hard to do with, you know, like a family in the house. No, that makes sense. And I'm hoping to do it now so that this one will fund my next property. That's oh, what the that's plan is. So smart. That yeah. is so smart. I want to know more now about what your future goals are with the course that you're trying to finish up so you can teach other nurses how to get into travel nursing. Mm-hmm. What is your ultimate goal with that course and what is it that you intend to do with it? Yeah, I think my ultimate goal, well, one is just to help as many people as I can. But, you know, I think we mentioned everyone wants the financial freedom. And that's really another step that I can take to gain more passive income. I would love to have a bunch of other courses, you know, like you mentioned, um, either having one about therapy business. um, But as far as like where I see myself in the future, I honestly don't know. I just don't see myself bedside. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, like I said, I think that's most nurses right now. Yeah, and I just, I really make decisions that will help set me up financially. But as far as like social media, like even that's hard to say because we don't even know if, you know, Instagram could like go away, you know, in yeah. a couple of years or whatever the case may be. You know, that's really hard to say. But I definitely have learned that I love being my own boss. I love being an entrepreneur. I like to create things that I want to create as opposed to, you know, having other people tell me what to do. So in that sense, you know, I could see myself opening a business or really just expanding on what I'm already doing now. I noticed that a lot of the nurses that are making more money are really doing a good job at promoting themselves on social media. So I think social media is like a great way to increase your income, even if it's not like selling a course, because like me, for example, like when I started this YouTube channel, Before I started it, I wasn't earning any side income at all. But once I started the channel, like people were reaching out to me, asking me if I provide mentoring services or coaching services. And that actually helped me because it's at a point now where if it continues this way, then, you know, it'll replace my income within like one year or two and probably won't have to work as a nurse anymore if it keeps going this way. Yeah, I think social media is so powerful, especially now. And I really do view it as kind of just like a key. And it unlocks like so many other things. So, you know, you have to think long term. A lot of people just want the following. They want the fame. But if you're just consistent and show up for yourself and the people following you, it really does open so many other opportunities as to what else is out there. Yeah. And, you know, um, I just want to step back a little bit and let's go back to the job that you currently have in the IV therapy location, what exactly do you do? And what do the, do you have other nurses that work in that facility? Yeah, so we actually have a team of about six nurses. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of them are PRN, but we have a couple full-time nurses. 
and it's allowed them to completely leave the job at the hospital that they had. It actually pays, I would say more than the hospital between 42 and $47 an hour. And it just, yeah, it gives them an opportunity to not have to, to go to the hospital if they don't want to. But we do IV therapy, we do injections, and a lot of the things that we administer to people are supplemental. Our body produces a lot of these naturally, and we're really just replacing them if people are deficient. Now, are people paying out of pocket for this, is it, or, or is the insurance covering it? So our specific location, we actually take insurance as well as HSA cards. And if you don't have either one of those, people pay out of pocket. But it's nice just because it really is cheaper than going to a hospital and getting an IV there. Okay, so do the nurses start the IVs on the patients? Yeah, we'll start the IVs. Uh, You have to be able to prove that you are a nurse and also able to stick patients well before getting hired. But yeah, they start the IVs and um, it's honestly just really great. So how do they prove that they can start an IV? Do they have to poke each other or do they poke (laughs) one of the staff members? (laughs) Pretty much. Really? <laughs> like, okay, we know you can take someone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And but but you guys aren't drawing any labs there. It's just uh, basically providing IV therapy, like what IV fluids. We actually we do do uh, labs at our location as well. Oh. BMPs, CBCs. Um, we're mostly checking for you know kidney function and also certain services we offer. You have to have labs. So is that at the request of the customer or is that based on the recommendation of the provider at the site? So both. We do have an overarching medical director and they have protocol that we follow. And if you, let's say, for instance, you want a vitamin D shot, we have to be at that level first just to make sure we're not giving you too much or too little. But you can also just request if you want your panel done just to see where your levels are at. Now, are the customers usually repeat customers? Do they continue to come back? That is the goal is to have repeat customers. So we do have memberships to have people, you know, see us once a month, twice a month, whatever the case may be. And honestly, you would be surprised like how much people will pay for an IV drip. (laughs) Really? How much do you guys usually charge? I would say it ranges from $80 to over $300. Oh, I mean, $80 is not as bad as I thought. Yeah. (laughs) Like one, just fluids, but yeah. a lot of that one too. And is it typically customers who had just gotten drunk the night before and they have a hangover and they want to get over it quickly? That's a very popular, yeah, demographic. <laughs> <laughs> but we honestly get everything. And, you know, it's really cool. We actually get a lot of athletes, a lot of NFL players. We also get people with chronic illnesses and people that are relatively healthy. So, I mean, we, we see everyone. I see yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I I, mean, I should just open up my own IV therapy location because it's, if you think about it, people are always going to come to it regardless. Like there's always going to be people that need IV therapy because they feel like it's going to help them get better, right? Believe in it. And I mean, I would say one IV probably costs about $10 and then mm-hmm. charging people 300 for it. You know, you yeah. can make a lot of money. And where do you guys get all of your products from? Yeah, so we order from two pharmacies locally that are in Houston. And that's the one thing is it's becoming very popular, these IV therapy spas. And 
products and supplies are actually becoming lower <laughs> just because the demand is so high. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because if there is more demand for it, then the prices are going to get higher. And then you guys are going to have to increase the prices as well. Exactly. So it's, um, yeah, it's always a, a cycle of give and take. So. so you have your nurses that are providing the IV therapy. What do you do? You said you manage the location, <laughs> but what do. does that consist of? Yeah, so I am a nurse two days out of the week, and then the rest of the days I'm managing. So that includes heavily promoting ourselves as well as going out into the community and forming business-to-business connections, uh, setting up promotions and pop-up events, and then also, you know, the boring stuff like scheduling meetings, (laughs) emails, stuff like that. (laughs) All right, so what's the best part of your job and what's the worst part of your job? I think the best part of my job is waking up and loving it and being able to to really uh, interact with people and see that I'm making a difference in their life. And that's really why I love nursing just in general is uh, being able to have that impact on people. But in this specific environment, I feel like it's just been a lot better for me mentally as well as I really get to do, do something that I enjoy. And then the worst part, I think anywhere you work, you can have difficult clients, you know, you can interact rude people, or it's a really, it's a hit to your ego when you can't get an IV. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that's probably the the worst thing, as well as just, you know, dealing with getting the kinks out of a new business and trying to, to get organized and be efficient and try to run things the best that you can. So So what happens when you guys cannot get an IV on one of your customers? Yeah, so our policy is we only stick someone twice. We do ask them if they want us to try for a third time, but they're pretty strict on that. So, you know, I mean, if you can't get them after two sticks, we educate them to hydrate, you know, all that stuff, and then they'll have to reschedule. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That sucks for them. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, especially if it's someone very well known or they're like friends of the owner like it can be a little nerve-wracking you guys need to get ultrasound ivs in your location like how much do those cost i'm sure it's a lot (laughs) yeah yeah, they're pretty expensive i don't know i think they're like sixty thousand dollars or something like that really expensive you know working in the icu a lot of my patients were not cohesive so coherent so you know you could stick them and they wouldn't really respond but now Mm -hmm. Okay, I have to be careful. (laughs) Yeah. So if you could go back as a new grad, would you repeat the process all over again? Or would you just go straight into IV therapy? That's a great question. I think, well, first of all, if I could redo my whole nursing career again, I honestly would just go to a community college and get my associate's degree and then start working right away. Uh, It's a lot cheaper, less time consuming, less debt. But I think I would probably do the same thing that I'm, I had done before just because having my background in the ICU, I really feel like I can work anywhere. And I feel like that opens a lot more opportunity just to choose what I want to do as opposed to being limited to, you know, I only have experience in IV therapy and now I'm kind of like stuck with that. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, I always ask myself if I would do it all over again. And I mean, as much as I hate the ER, I feel like it's given me so much flexibility and a lot of experience because I can recognize, you know, most illnesses that come into the ER at this point. I feel like I've seen it all. 
But also, you know, like I only work five days every two weeks right now. And I have nine days off in a row, which is why I still haven't quit my job because I still get health insurance benefits and dental insurance and all my other benefits, even working 20 hours a week. I will say that the hospital has a lot better benefits than any other place. So you have to pay for insurance out of pocket at the moment, right? So they offer full-time employees insurance. I think it's Blue Cross Blue Shield, but mm. yeah, they don't offer any other benefits, you know, like retirement. I don't even think they offer sick leave or PTO. I honestly don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> probably oh big. my, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing you haven't taken a day off yet. I haven't. And I was just thinking about that. I'm like, I'm kind of stressed because I'm like, I need time off too, but I'm like, yeah. Like they will not know what to do if I'm not there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, they're really relying on you because you're the only manager, right? Exactly. So. Oh, that's, man, that's a tough position to be in. Up and call out at like 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mentioned that I work 20 hours a week, but I looked at all of my hours. And when I actually go back and calculate how many hours I've actually worked for the year, my average is 16 hours a week. And that's because I call out like once a month. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Here day. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you currently work? At? Oh, I work in Northern California in Sacramento. Um, the hospital is called Kaiser Permanente. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I think uh, my friend just finished a contract up there. But oh. I took a contract with year last year, and. Uh, funny story, me and another travel nurse, we followed each other on Instagram for the longest time. But then we were actually in California at the same time when we met up and we're actually really good friends now. So really? we've been collaborations together and traveling together and it's been really awesome. What's her name on Instagram? Yeah, her name is uh, Victoria Walden, but I can send you her link. It's it's something weird. It's like VW3 underscore something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cool. So if my viewers want to find you on social media, how would they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. My handle's at Subru, X-U-E-B-R-U. Okay. And that's how they can find me. And your website, if you have a waiting list at the moment, so if they want to sign up for your course to be on that waiting list, how would they get there? Yeah, so they could just go to either my Instagram or TikTok and then okay. in my bio. Uh, but my website's also wanderlustliving.net. If you enjoyed this video and you want to see more like it, click on this playlist here. Also, make sure you like this video, comment, and subscribe to our channel.